AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody, welcome to a on location edition of Naked uh, Super Bowl week. Festivities are insane. We're at Radio Row. Uh, I have a very special guest and I have been doing some chatting with him uh, off the record, which is still can be on the record. And he has informed me of some things that I think you guys will enjoy. Uh, Kobe Turner, nose tackle for the Los Angeles Rams. I will admit I am biased because I grew up in LA. I'm a diehard Rams fan. I'd like to talk to you about in general, because on Naked, we'd like to figure out who you are before mm-hmm. we find out where you're going. Uh, do you love LA? Cause I, I know do. you're not from LA. I do. It's different. Um, I don't know if I can say I love L.A. yet. I love Thousand Oaks. That's oh. where we're at. It's a nice little quiet space, you know. Not necessarily um, L.A. proper, though. Right, right. I mean, I go into L.A. whenever I need to get into something fun, find some good food. Um, but me and my fiance are settling in nice and easy. Up you, Thousand Oaks. you like it. Okay, so it's interesting because uh, you have been described as a part of a rookie class, specifically with the Rams, uh, that is special. Mm-hmm. Uh, that probably for many was surprising uh, considering where you were drafted. I believe it was third round, right? Mm-hmm. You and Puka? 
I was in the third. B.Y. was in the third. Steve was in the second. Puka was fifth. Wow. Mm-hmm. Just think about that. Because the Rams didn't have any first-round options, and you usually think that, well, that's... I love the story of a diamond in the rough that people have yet to discover. Mm -hmm. Uh, What would you... Or how would you describe what you all have for the Rams? In terms of this rookie class that uh, has broken records and you guys are ready to receive all awards, you already won AP uh, Defensive Rookie of the Year, right? Or of the month. Of the month, of the month, Mm -hmm. of the month, yeah. So tell me about all of the, how do you feel this is all coming out? Yeah, I feel like we're a special group of guys. You know, coming in with 40 or so uh, rookies uh, coming into camp with all of that, it was a lot. Um, But this group of guys is really bonded together. I think we're a group of guys who, um, at the character level, are special people. And I think that's so important. Um, You can have all the talent that you want. You can have all the athleticism, the skill set, whatever. But if you don't have the character to uphold it, then you're not going to go far in life. And Mm. especially in the league where every 1% matters, I feel like that's been a part of our 1% edge. The character that we have, the energy that we bring, um, and just the love for the game and for our teammates. And, like, we all feel so lucky to just be a part of this team. It's not like any of us walks in as like, oh, I, I run this team or like, I should be this, I should be that. Like, we're all just grateful to be a part of that unit. You know what's interesting? You just say the word character. And I and I don't necessarily know if people can really uh, draft for a character. You hope to, mm-hmm. but you don't know who someone is until you really know who someone is. Mm-hmm. And I'm a little curious about your background. You grew up in Virginia. Mm-hmm. Uh, you went to Wake Forest, and if you haven't seen uh, a football game, or more specifically when the Rams are playing, he's known as the conductor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my research tells me that you were a major in math and in music. Mm-hmm. So th- you literally, in this moment, could not be playing football up for uh, finalists for Defensive Rookie of the Year. You could be a conductor somewhere. You could mm-hmm. be doing music right now, but you chose to bless us with the football skill set. <laughs> Yeah. Tell me a little bit about your interest in music. Why that? Yeah, so music has been a part of my life um, for as long as I can remember. My mom was a part of the church choir growing up, and so I remember tagging along with her, um, learning all of the church songs, all the harmonies. Uh, there's four of us uh, growing up. I'm the youngest of four, and so uh, some of the rainy days, like we had a song that we'd sing all in harmony and whatnot. So um, that was kind of the start of it. And then moving up from Tallahassee to Virginia in middle school, that's where I kind of started to make that music passion my own. Um, a big part of it is my oldest brother started pursuing music back when we were in Florida. He was playing guitar, doing covers, and I looked up to him like wow. he was the coolest person ever. And so he brought me in um, on one of his covers and had me sing Blackbird. And from that moment, it was like, I really want to like make something of music or I want to pursue it a little bit more. So got into choir um, throughout middle school, high school. I loved it. I was doing multiple choirs. Uh, really my a lot of my coaches wanted me to do weightlifting classes and whatnot but I was in the choir room I was in guitar class let me get this straight <laughs> let me just get this straight guys because pay attention to what we're saying he is up for the finals for defensive rookie of the year he did not want to do weights he wanted to go and sing mm-hmm. I love everything about that because you cannot just assume someone is one thing you are all things yeah. um do you just sing care freely? Um, I sing you're on my already, own. You ready? You you know where I'm going with this. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I do some I do some covers. I can I can sing off rip. Um, but also uh, I was a big I was in choir throughout college at Richmond, and I helped compose a song um, at Wake Forest. 
I composed a song that the choir performed at the University of Richmond and I got to conduct them as well. Um, so music is a big part of my life in that sense. And I want to be a high school choir director when I grow up um, in the formal music sense. But then I also just love like for my personal self, being able to sit at home, grab my guitar, play a jam out, make some covers. So there is a song that's out right now that's really popular, but it's been out for a while. I think it's called Three Sacred Souls is the group. Uh, Can I Call You Rose? Have you heard it? Can I call you Rose? Okay, what song would you sing that's like a ballad? Like, like if you just wanted to impress people with your skill set, mm. give me, give me, just like you know, two, three, four, five seconds, if you don't mind. Um, so there's like a, I do a, a couple of different things. I can belt a little bit. I'm not gonna belt in here, um, but I like working with my head voice a little bit too. So there's a a YouTube video that um, I was out on, or that I was on with this guy named AJ Raphael. He does this thing called January where he just throughout January, he uploads a bunch of covers. Um, and so I was singing a little bit of Billie Eilish's famous song from this year um, and like a little medley we had. So I can sing that one maybe a little bit. My voice isn't quite warmed up, but I'll, I'll do a little something. I think you like, might surprise us. <laughs> I think you might have it. We'll see. But it's like, I used to flow. Now I just fall down. I used to know, but I am not sure now. What was I made for? What was I made for? So, something like Bravo. that. Bravo. <laughs> Bravo, guys. Kobe is a renaissance man. You have to understand. Let me just set the scene, because if you can't see this and you can hear this, we are at Radio Row in Vegas, Super Bowl week. People are walking past, and he, without any any hesitation, said, I have something for you. <laughs> and they can't see how tall you are and how big you are. How tall are you? I'm like six, two, three quarters, if they give me the three quarters. Okay, I'm going to give you the three quarters. I'm going to round you up to six, three. Come on. And how much do you weigh? Like... 300, like 295. So, okay. So look, 6'3", 295. The voice is special and delicate. And I am positive I've seen you trash talk also on the field. Mm -hmm. So you're a renaissance man. We do it all. Do <laughs> you do. sing over somebody after you, after you sack a quarterback? Are you like, let me tell you <laughs> that you are nothing? Nah, I just gotta, you just gotta get the, you know, get the just choir Just the conductor. Going. You did the uh -huh. And what is the choir doing? Because he's known the as the choir conductor. Singing. It's singing, singing, singing. It's singing uh -huh. for something, you. Something like smooth and chill, like Eric Whitaker asked, like something calm. Because when I, you know, after I get a sack, there's not a lot of things rushing through my head. It's just take a deep breath, get up there, you know, and get just it go. going. And just, just get go. it going. I'm curious, um, it, when this, this football thing is over, do you think you might, you might try something else? Um, I'm going to try to be a high school choir director. Wow. Um, for me, throughout high school, like choir was a thing that kept me sane. Um, it gave me a lot of the tools to be able to deal with my emotions, to be able to express myself. And um, my high school choir director, um, her name is Lynn Babcock. Shout out to Lynn. Shout out to Lynn. She's been incredible. Um, she was just such a huge impact. And I feel like the music side that she gave me through the structure of music through um, just being able to be a part of something greater than myself and being in a choir. That's something that I want to attempt to give back. And so I don't think I can do it like her. Um, she is a special human being, um, but definitely to have even a quarter of the impact that she had on me, on other kids, like that's my dream. 
Wow. Kobe, I'm so impressed by you. Not only are you amazing on the field, but off the field, you offer so much more. And that's what I wanted people to know. All right. So talk to me um, about your name. I assumed your name was Kobe based Mm -hmm. after my favorite athlete of all time, Los Angeles Laker, uh, Kobe Bryant. May he rest in peace. Today is his birthday, by the way. Okay. Um, As we, this won't air on his birthday, but today is his birthday as we record. Um, And it's Mm K-O-B-I-E. And you quickly corrected me. It is, it is not named after Kobe Bryant. It is named after... Uh, my dad's a silly person, so I kind of <laughs> have to give the whole story, right? So short story is my name is a mix between a life jacket and a fish. A life jacket. And a fish. And a so, fish. here's the story. Okay. My dad caught a Kobe, a C-O-B-I-A that was bigger than him. So he pulls up to my mom and he's like, Tisa, this baby's big. Like, we're going to name him Kobe. And she's like, heck no. You know, rightfully so. Go mom. Shout out. I do not want to be named Kobe. I repeat, I do not like that. So anyways, I guess further along the way, my dad brings up this life jacket and combines it with Kobe. So the life jacket is called Hobiecraft, H-O-B-I-E. Okay. And he combines it with Kobe. And he's like, we're going to name my kid Kobe or Kobe. And so he pulls up to my mom. And I have my own thoughts on how this conversation with went I feel because like she you had were, to be uh, you were not you were not born you were not born so right. how would you so you're going to give us your interpretation of how the right. conversation went while you were in the room this right. is what you felt so my interpretation is I was a big baby so my mom probably had some of the the drugs to help you know with the big baby of course, as and you, because big of that big baby or small baby drugs right. are good to get you out the system so <laughs> maybe because of that she made a decision that you know, was, I rock with the name. I love the name. But I feel like maybe that's why my dad was able to slide that in. Because if she said no to Kobe, Kobe, a life jacket and a fish, but um, it's one of a kind. I love my parents. I love that story. It's so interesting and unique. Um, and my dad's just a silly goose. He's so silly. Um, charismatic is all get out and he's silly. So that just explains <laughs> kind of the family in, in my name right there. <laughs> I absolutely love that for you. And I also love if you, if we're, if we're being honest, uh, what it, what it represents mm-hmm. like life jacket and a fish, like yeah. survival mm-hmm. swimmer, figure it out. Like mm-hmm. I can put any kind of meta, like any euphemism, if I will on right. that. Right? right. What would you say it meant with I those two knowing it was a life jacket and a fish? So his big thing I, I feel like maybe my dad was getting deep with it, maybe. but I know for a fact that he caught the Kobe and he was like, this is bigger than me and my son's going to be bigger than me. Oh, okay. And so okay. Okay. he caught that one. And then I think he just, he loves the water. So he had to have seen Hobie Lifecraft and somehow in his mind, he put it together. But I do think that there's so many different euphemisms that you can put on to it. Um, being able to figure out life, swim as you go. Uh, just keep swimming, you know, Dory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Life Jacket just... Whether that be the family always having a support system um, that you can fall back on whenever you need it, um, you know, or the training, you know, the way that they raised me to be able to know that I have um, this character that I can fall back on because of the way that they raised me. So yeah. there's a lot that you can put onto it. You're pretty outstanding. I've met you for five seconds and you're pretty outstanding. <laughs> um, on the field, defensive coordinator for, for the Rams, uh, Raheem Morris, just hired by the Falcons as their new head coach. <laughs> what does that do for you as you look ahead to this next season? Yeah, it's different. It's just a new coaching staff to get used to. Um, But Raheem is a very special person. Like, you don't meet a lot of people like him in your life. He is one of those guys that allowed me or that showed me how to just be myself. Like, coming into the league where, you know, last year around this time, I'm wondering where I'm going to go, if I'm going to get drafted, like, how it's all going to work. 
And to be able to come in and see him be authentically himself mm -hmm. every single day, that empowered me and it empowered the entire room. Um, it created a bunch of guys that really wanted to play for him. So just energy-wise, the type of leader he is, the type of man he is, is something that is extremely special. Um, and then on the field, like his knowledge is incredible. Um, his adjustments, the way that he breaks things down and explains it to you so that you have a full grasp of everything. Um, and then I feel like that meshed well with the type of player that I am, right? I'm a type of player who wants to know everything about the defense. I want to know what the linebackers are doing behind me so I know this is when I can take a shot or this is when I really need to play at base or this is when I can get aggressive and this is when I need to be conservative. And so having a guy that can really lay it out for you, explain the defense the way that it's meant to be taught so that I can have a full understanding um, he's just a special human being all around. Wow, that's nice. And so, obviously, big shoes to fill uh, for your next DC. I'm mm -hmm. curious because uh, it sounds, and I have heard that your football IQ is uh, outstanding. Mm -hmm. um, but it really is interesting because I'm going to bring in Aaron here, Aaron mm -hmm. Donald, um, to be in a class or mentioned in a class with him as a rookie. It really does do two things. One, it sets you apart, but two, massive expectations. Mm -hmm. How does that make you feel? Um, expectations come and they go. And I just have to approach it the same way I approached this year. Like nobody thought that I was going to really be much of anything my entire life. Like whether that be not having any scholarship offers, um, coming out of high school and having to walk on at University of Richmond, having one year to do it. Um, or I would have had to, you know, go and end up at a community college because it was just expensive and having to bet on myself then the same way that I had to bet on myself going to Wake Forest. Um, and being able to make the most out of it there. And that's the same way I had to bet on myself throughout the draft process and throughout this first year. And so it's just taking that same approach. Um, for me, there's no expectations other than the ones that I had this year. Like take every day as it is, attack each day, be present in that moment, give everything I got, and I know that I'm going to end up with something special. And so there's going to be a lot of expectations, but that's just when my work has to rise to the occasion and, and meet that level of expectation and not for anybody else's sake, not even for my own sake, but just me knowing that there's so much more left for me to do. There's so much more um, left for me to learn. And um, all of that's going to happen by me putting in the work day in and day out. That's right. Expectations, pressure, all a privilege. Pressure is a privilege. So says Billie Jean King. I respect mm -hmm. it. Um, as I mentioned uh, tonight, we are recording this. This will air on Monday, the day mm -hmm. after the Super Bowl. Two last questions. Mm -hmm. Tonight, NFL honors, finalist for Defensive Rookie of the Year. I, I, I say I wish the odds are forever in your favor. I know people say they don't really care about winning, but keep it a buck. Don't you care about winning? Like, don't you want to win? It is, uh, you know, that would be a special validation of the work that I've put in this year. And I know that I've put in the work quality enough to be able to win this award. What I also do know is that there's a bunch of other talented individuals who have also put in the work quality enough to win the award. So I definitely feel that I deserve to win it. And there's so many other guys that are deserving as well. So there is a little bit um, of a boost to, you know, winning that. And kind of for me and my story, like getting that nod, like, yes, the work that you put in um, still like that was worthy enough to win this award. Um, and if I do win this award, hopefully when I do, um, then that's kind of uh, when that next level of work comes on because the intention is there. Um, but in the event that I don't win the award, then that next level of work starts right away because now there's a whole nother thing to prove yeah. and not even for anybody else, but I just know where I can be. And so um, it's just a matter of we celebrate now, we celebrate tonight and work 
right after or we start working tonight? That's it. Mm -hmm. We're going to work. Period. At the end the of work. the day, work is the common denominator. Who wins? Kansas City, San Francisco. I can't go for San Fran. Sorry. Like, that would not be L.A. That would not be Rams. That me, would so. not Casey, I guess, Pat, you're getting you another one, dog. That's Taylor right. Swift, I guess you're getting one, too. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you could borrow Travis Kelsey's ring or something. She, could you imagine? It's a song coming about the Super Bowl. Uh -huh, has um, to be. Uh, Kobe Turner, nose tackle for the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, he led all NFL rookie defensive players with nine sacks. Finalist for Defensive Rookie of the Year. NFL Defensive Rookie of the Month in December. 2023, I can give him many, many accolades, but the best thing that I can say about you is that you seem to be a great human. Your parents did a good job. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Naked. Thank you for having me. Every champion and carry champions to be a champion. A champion and carry champion and carry champion. A champion and carry champion and carry champion. Greatest, greatest in sports and entertainment. Connected with. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, 
Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every champion and carry champions to be a champion. A champion and carry champion. That girl, you did it. Got a champion and carry champion and carry champion. Greatest, greatest in sports and entertainment. Get naked, we're Hey, everybody. So I am letting you know this podcast, uh, although we just wrapped with Kobe, um, is going to take you on another bit of an adventure uh, because it is Super Bowl week celebration. And by the time you listen to this, you'll know who has already won the Super Bowl. But we had the opportunity to catch up with Coach Mike Loxky. Uh, I met Coach probably three, four years ago, pandemic time. He had his own podcast TV show that he was doing, and it was just a wonderful opportunity to connect and understand what a college football coach is going through. So you ask, why talk to a college football coach during Super Bowl week? Well, obviously, there is a connection. He is at the University of Maryland, as mentioned. However, he has done something that I think is really special. He's created a coalition to make sure that minority head coaches are in the NFL. That's right. We're making sure that these people who look like us, talk like us, walk like us, have positions of power in the National Football League. Sit back and relax and enjoy my dear friend as we get into it and kiki a little bit, Coach Mike Boxkey. We are here at Radio Row in Las Vegas, and it is special. If I could set the scene for you guys, because you don't have the visual for you all, rather. Um, media outlets from all over the world are here uh, to cover this Super Bowl. But what we're doing here on The Naked Podcast is talking to folks who are making a difference. You know I love to do that on this podcast. I like to talk to people who are doing things at a high level um, for the good of mankind. And it just so happens to be in sports. My guest, Coach Mike Loxley. I almost called you Lockley. You me, uh, I got the S in there. It's like Robin Locksley. Hood of Loxley. Yeah. Coach Mike Loxley. Still and by from the, the rich way, to give to the poor. University of Maryland. Been my friend for a very long time. Please forgive me. No. Complete brain fart, but that's it okay. We're live. It happens. It in does. In the middle of talking, I sometimes forget <laughs> what I was talking about. So I, welcome I, to the club. All the time. It's it's called aging. Yeah. Um. So how long have you been here in Vegas, Sin City, yeah. enjoying yourself while doing some work? You know what? I, I'm actually, I got in late last night. Uh, we had signing day yesterday at Maryland. And so we signed three players, uh, which the, the the February signing date isn't as big as the December one yeah. uh, in terms of the media coverage of it. But nonetheless, still had a lot of work to do in January with recruiting and retention. And so now I'm working on my part-time job. I flew in last night. I'm here as the president and founder of the National Coalition for Minority Football Coaches. Uh, I had to come here to Radio Road, the second year in a row we've done this because the three pillars of our organization is to prepare, promote, and produce. Prepare, and, promote, and produce. Yeah, and so we prepare aspiring coaches from the youth football league, high school, college, NFL that want to become head coaches. We prepare them by having programming throughout the year with our organization, uh, uh, chalk talks or Zooms or uh, again, we created an academy where we brought in our top coordinators and we pair them with athletic directors for a year or two in a mentorship role. Um, the NFL just recently had four minority hires in their in their hiring cycle. So the promotion part is coming here and doing a great job of getting with the media people that really influence hiring to let them know that uh, we've got some really good coaches that are prepared to do and lead 
And then the last is produce. And, you know, through the promotion and preparing, now we can produce guys that have the tools necessary to be successful. Here's what's interesting, because this has been a conversation, uh, a conversation I've had, we've had, uh, that's in the, in the obviously, in the media, uh, zeitgeist, if you will, uh, how there are not enough minority head coaches, lots of coordinators, but just that next level. People point out certain coordinators like Eric Bieniemy, and they say, why, why didn't he have a job? This man seems like he's perfect. He seems like he should be working. Most recently let go um, out of D.C. with Ron Rivera and his staff. I'm curious about, and that's Washington Commanders, I am curious about why is there, why is it so hard for somebody like Eric to get a job? You know what, that's the question that as an organization we're working really hard to come up with solutions for. Because there's no reason EB should not be a head coach in the NFL or running somebody's college program. He has too much to offer. You know, it's ironic that you, you, you say that and you ask the question because, you know, when we started this organization and Mike Tomlin has been a huge part of this organization, we've got a, a board of uh, directors of guys like Nick Saban, Ozzie Newsom, Doug Williams, Rick Smith. Uh, Desiree Reed, Francois down in Missouri has been there from the inception of this organization. People are not hiring us because of our ethnicity. They're hiring, not hiring us because they don't know us. Mm. And, and here's what I just saw. All right, we had four hires in the NFL just recently. And of those hires, Raheem Morris, all right, Arthur Blank had familiarity with Raheem. Sure. He worked under there, under Dan Quinn there as a coordinator. Uh, you look over at uh, the New England Patriots and Gerard Mayo. Mm-hmm. He played for that organization. Sure. The owner knew him. All right. D'Amico Ryan, a year ago, mm-hmm. was drafted by the Houston Texans. Of course they would hire him because they know him. They're not hiring us not because of our ethnicity or we can't do the job. They're not hiring us because they don't know us. And I lived that firsthand because I went to work for Nick Saban as an analyst, a, a senior analyst, and I didn't know Nick and he didn't know me. But after six months on the job, he promoted me to co-coordinator. A year later, he makes me the coordinator. And because of me being under his umbrella, I get recycled after being fired at New Mexico. I get my dream job, which is to come home and lead the University of Maryland. But it was only because Nick Saban found out who Mike Loxley was. And so what we've got to do as an organization is keep partnering and, and mentoring and putting people together. Because if they get to know us as minorities, some of these these hiring officials, yeah, they'll find out that we're, we're capable of doing the job. Well, when you say get to know, it's really interesting to me because I find that in my business, too. Some people say, well, we're looking for some really qualified, diverse journalists. And I'm like, they're they're in abundance. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's only so much that you can do as an advocate. Uh, to, the onus, you know, should be on these teams to really, truly want that. And if you only hire the people you know and you like, how do you ever solve the problem? Because you can't go door. You can. But I, I, th- I feel like that would be a tough task mm-hmm. to go door to door and say, let me, here's 10 more people mm-hmm. you should be looking at. Because if they already have somebody in mind, um, they're going to go with who they have in mind. Well, that's why they need to come to our convention next week here at the Horseshoe in Vegas. And uh, in, in a two day setting, if you really are interested in getting to know minority coaches, we've got our convention here. And I know as a young coach, when I was part of the BCA, where guys like John Thompson, Nolan Richardson, mm-hmm. uh, uh, John Chaney with Temple and George Raveling out at USC. They all were 
the forefathers of standing up for and advocating for minorities. I can remember John Thompson in our mm-hmm. in our neck of the woods walking off the court because of Prop 42 with his mm-hmm. towel on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our conventions next week, You, if you're interested in hiring a diverse pool or getting to know, what a better place than coming to a convention and spending quality time. I mean, a lot of business deals are done on a golf course. As, Why? Right. Because of the relationship piece. It's all about so the relationship. What we've tried to do through the coalition and that academy that we started when we opened up the doors to our organization is we pair our our top guys, I mean, the Josh Gaddises of the world, uh, Marcus Freeman was a guy that was part of our academy, the first class, mm-hmm. who's the head coach at Notre Dame. Well, we paired him with, you know, Greg Byrne at Alabama for a year and a half to two years. That's great. Where they really got to know. It's like you're, you do mentoring. I, yeah. I see your stuff with Yeah, the, you got to, you uh, have to introduce the people. You so, have to make the connection. But, but the other part, you talk about golf, it's the humanity of it all. If they don't see the humanity in, uh, the minority head coach, the black head coach more specifically. And what I mean by that is if he doesn't remind them of a friend, a family member, someone they can relate to, it becomes difficult. What advice do you give out to these coaches who get a little frustrated like EB mm-hmm. uh, and wonder how do you see the humanity in me? Well, it's hard to fight that battle individually for yourself. And that's where having an organization like ours and having media people like you to come let me get on and, and talk about this. Uh, it's my job and our job to fight this battle for EB because it's hard to sit up in front of a, a owner and pound your chest about what you deserve. I think it's so much better. And I find this in recruiting third party validation is usually the key to Everything. getting and closing a deal. Yeah. Somebody else that they trust or believe in when you any high, any really expensive decision you got to make. I'm not going to buy a house and just look at it and I'm going to do research. Who built it? What kind of houses have they built? So somehow, some way, we've got to kind of figure out that piece of it. Uh And that's what this organization, and when I say promote, prepare, and produce, well, the promotion piece, we have a responsibility. I do as the president and founder of this organization. You do as a media member that covers football to, to, to talk, tell the stories of the great opportunities and jobs that some of these minority coaches have been able to do. Yeah, and you do have some success stories. There are plenty mm-hmm. more to be told. Um, we've come a long way, still a long way to go. I often get asked, do you think women in the business have come a long way? Yeah, sure, but there's still so much more work to be done because it is changing the mindset that has been in place for so long, and the people who make the decisions have that same mindset. Every champion and carry champions to be a champion, a champion and carry champion and carry champion, a champion and carry champion and carry champion. Greatest, greatest in sports and entertainment, connected with. AT and T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. 
I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every champion and carry champions to be a champion. A champion and carry champion. That girl, you did it. Got a champion and carry champion and carry champion. Greatest, greatest in sports and entertainment. Get naked with I ask you, as someone who is a leader of men, um, do you ever, and this is, you know, the podcast is called Naked, do you ever get discouraged? Because you, you sound so positive and so, and so uplifting, and that's what we need. But when you get discouraged, what does that look like? Mm. That's part A. And then part B is how do you, how do you stay the course? So I do get discouraged. We all do. And I usually handle mine in private. You know, I can tell you that I've been, this is 30, year 34 for me in the college coach. I've been at major college football. What? I thought you were 22. Yeah, you know, I'm Benjamin Button. I age backwards. I you were 22. Well, yeah, 33 years in this business. <laughs> and, and the two-week window after we played Rutgers and got to win number seven, I can tell you for the first time in 33 to 34 years in this business, I went home and said, I don't know if I'm a if, uh, if I'm reaching these guys, because this NIL piece and this whole landscape so so has hard. really changed it from, so you know, football is my first love. It was football has been so good to me. I'm married to this game yeah, so and hard. it has been so good to me. And, and, you know, I've the first person in my family to go to college and get a degree and graduate. And because of that, all four of my kids went to college and got degrees. And 
this game has done so much that I owe it. And I still believe that the most value that you'll ever create for yourself is when you do something for others that's or right. a cause bigger than your own. It just that's make right. you feel good. That's right. Like when you go to church that's and you right. write that big check and be like, oh, here right. you go. That's right. I just, you leave that's there right. saying, I'm going to make a difference. And yeah. so I'm upbeat because we had four coaches hired, minority coaches hired in the NFL. And that's huge. And that's huge. Now, here's the disappointing piece of it is when you look around the landscape of sports, all right, the NBA, they are well represented by minority head coaches. Most of them are former players. Major college or uh, major league baseball. Most of the head coaches or the managers in Major League Baseball all played the sport. Hockey, the same. Well, for some reason, football, where so 80% of the players that play it in NFL, 70% of them in college, but yet we don't have the representation. Well, so that's where the money is. There's yeah. the money in college football. There's the money in the NFL. They print money. So what we've got to figure out is how to get in front of these people. I saw Rand Carthon, one of my former players at Florida, uh, get the general manager job with the Tennessee Titans through an accelerator program like our academy that I uh, I want to say that the NFL hijacked them. My, they, took, <laughs> they took my my deal, uh-huh. but they took uh-huh. a bunch of GMs and they took them to the owners' meetings uh-huh. and had minorities that that would hang around the owners and have a cocktail and get sure. to know each other yeah. and friends. Through that, yeah, he met the owner of the Titans and they've hit it off and they connected kind of like, you know, I ran into you say, come on, Carrie, put me on your show. Correct. Correct. We connected. I'm here now. You got it done. That's the connection. And so getting to know people and familiarity is why he was hired because that's it. They saw you outside as just, you know, a guy on TV. They they got to know you. Yeah. I, you know, I, 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 I really admire what you're doing. Um, and I do. I think- admire what you're doing. And you know what? You came on my show before everybody was doing podcasts. I did that late night with Locks Instagram Live. You did. And, you did. And, and, so and I came on it was during moving, the pandemic. I remember. Yeah, as I, you were yeah. pulled over the side of the road. You yeah. was driving from Vegas, I think. But <laughs> I'm, I'm gravitating and I'm on the back nine of my coaching career. Yeah. And I, I'm going to slide over to your side of things yeah, eventually. I bet. I bet. So Sooner than later. Help yeah. me out, man. I'm trying I to will. learn this, this media game. I will. I think you're doing just fine. And you're a great interview. Um, I, I really do wish you the best of luck. And it's because of you we're able um, to see a difference. Uh, the difference that I think we all deserve. We want to. We want our our our, our places of work, um, the places that we go and visit and watch, to look very much like the diverse world in which we live in. So I appreciate all that you're doing. Good luck. I'm gonna try to make it next week. Please uh, do. because you're honoring my we're girl honoring Janelle, Janelle Hill. Shout out. Media. So I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try I to come and be there. I want you to give her the award. I was, we'll, we're gonna try to make that happen. And this was an impromptu naked interview, but it was great. And I appreciate you, Coach Locks, because you've been nothing but good to me. You really uh, have. Well, let me go put some clothes on now. Put some I can't on. be naked around here. His knees are out on this yeah, podcast. Yes, indeed. His ankles knees, all his ankles ashy. and his knees are out. Yeah. Uh, thank you for joining us. I appreciate you. Thanks, champ. Thanks, champ. Thanks, champ. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this Super Bowl edition of Naked. Uh, we are in Vegas having a wonderful time. I know everyone thinks it's all about the parties, but it is also um, about the work. The work at hand to make sure that our voices are still heard, even when we are still trying to celebrate and just enjoy a good game, making sure that we're representing uh, the culture. And it's also important that we're making sure that you can see us, see what we feel, see what we need, see how we actually bring a certain type of lifestyle to this uh, sport here called football. Uh, I I would like to just take a few moments to thank everybody at iHeart who helped make this possible. Um, I was a little late arriving to to Las Vegas because I missed my flight. No surprise there. However, uh, I want to thank everybody at iHeart for helping out. Everybody on Team Naked, um, everybody at Black Effect, 
It really was a team effort. They coordinated with me. They stayed on top of me. I'm always all over the place, but they gave me the opportunity. And so I appreciate you. That's the problem when you have so many different jobs. Um, But I said this to you at the top of the podcast that you probably already know by listening to this who won the Super Bowl. When this airs, the winner of the Super Bowl will have already taken home that Vince Lombardi trophy. But I'm going to I'm going to make a wager here, guys, and you can tell me if I'm wrong. I really do believe I really do believe the 49ers are going to win. I really do believe it's going to be a shootout. I really do believe Brock Purdy uh, is going to really make a name for himself. Um, it's going to be special. Hopefully I am right. When I listen back to this podcast, when it drops on Monday, uh, I'll tell you that I'm arguably, I'm arguably going to bet that I'm right. Right? That's the only thing that can happen. <laughs> I know there are a lot of Chiefs fans in the house. You guys love you. So Patrick Mahomes and heaven forbid, let me not talk about Travis and Taylor. I know you guys want that to happen, but and I know many of you think it's scripted that the Chiefs will win because of Taylor Swift. I'm not even getting into that, okay? I'm not getting into any of those conspiracy theories. I'm giving it to the Niners. Uh, it's a rematch of 2020, and these folks are going head-to-head, and I think Brock Purdy and the Niners will come out victorious because of all the weapons that he has. I also will add, I may just be here for the Usher concert. I may just be here for the Usher concert. Y'all, I had an opportunity to listen to his album, Coming Home, was a listening party that he threw while he was here. I had an opportunity to sit and talk with Usher. And I was just like, wow. He's never not been the one. Meaning, he's always had bangers. He's always had really good music. He's always been a great performer. I don't ever think there was a time in his career where we were like, oh, Usher's whack. I'm, I just, maybe, perhaps, I don't remember. He's just, he's been on a nice coast. It's been a nice not even a coast. It's been a nice ride for his career. And right now he's he's putting his foot on the gas. And what he is doing is really special. His album is special. I can guarantee, even though I haven't seen the performance, the performance will be special. Um, I know there'll be some special guests. I think it's going to be nice. I think he's going to bring a little Atlanta to Las Vegas and for the world to see. We'll see how that all pans out as well. Thank you for listening to this edition, Super Bowl edition of Naked. like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. 
We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.